Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are looking forward to sharing this information with you on the Flying Rainbow Lasagna. Now, this is an interesting concept, but it really is how the hypertaurus affects your DNA. My guest today is a galactic walk-in, Aurora, who actually understands this Flying Rainbow Lasagna concept in the way that we can literally dance with our DNA and create our reality. We have Aurora back with us for another quantum conversation. Hello, Aurora. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome back. Oh, hello, and thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. It is awesome to be here. Well, here we are in the middle of 2021. We are feeling a lot of change, and yet we're feeling in the flow when we stay in the heart. Now, this is really a gateway or a portal, a hyperdimensional portal. Let's catch up with you on the changes going on this year and how you feel things are going in the collective. So the the whole idea of quantum is the idea that our perception and our mind really affect reality. And what I would say is in the past or in earlier times, the quickness of it or the level of intensity was not as much where you might think something, dream something, or feel something, but not see these immediate results. And I will tell you that over the past year and a half or two years, I have felt that the for whatever, for lack of a more accurate term, like the ability of manifestation or from inner to come to become the outer, I feel like all of that has sped up and intensified. And I feel like the reason or the explanation for that is that um, where we are in time space and where we are, let's say, in the relevant context of larger consciousness, we have moved into, let's say, a more fertile ground or where we used to be in like a wintertime season. In wintertime, you plant a seed, but it's not really going to grow. Now we're in this springtime of consciousness. There's a lot of energy and the energy that's available to us, I would call it 
quote-unquote ascension energy or the energy of enlightenment or of life force. So basically, by making it to this point in our you know, um, individual and collective history, there's more energy to work with. It means that you can um, take the inner dreams and desires and the, the template for reality that you hold in your mind and actually have it be created, but not, let's say, over 10 years in the future or 20 years in the future. Really begin to see these things happen um, quickly and um, directly in response to your thoughts. So, yeah, there used to be a, more of a time lag where you might um, have a wish or an intention and then see it come up, you know, day, days, weeks, or months later. And I'm really finding in my own life and in checking in with other people that what's new and different now is that there is much more of an immediacy. So I, I tell this to people also so that you don't feel ever, like, down on yourself. If you tried to do or become or manifest or make something in, in years ago, it might have been uh, too frozen, you know, not a, a good time for planting a seed and making a new reality but this time right now is a very fertile time when you really can plant a seed that is like a thought seed or a mind seed and you can put inside of that your hopefully positive well-intentioned um, desires for the future that you would like to experience and also for yourself as an individual and for the collective and know that it actually is sprouting and beginning to grow. And I know in the introduction, Lauren, you mentioned New Earth. It's my, my idea, although I don't, I don't claim that I'm the only person that knows what this is, but that's part of my uh, envisioning of what New Earth is, that it is part of the individual and collective manifestation of desires as opposed to living in a reality that's the status quo of all the things that we don't like and that we would wish to move out of. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. And so... I just want to share a, a little revelation as well. You know, when we look out at the world and how we just all go along with, um, you know, when you look at countries who've been pitted against each other, like North and South Korea, we all just go along and accept that. But when we can advance beyond this, I see everyone's hearts opening so that it, that reality is like, wow, why do we keep something like that up? And so when you say positive, desires. This is why we have always said, keep your eye on the prize of new earth. And the new earth is what we dream up. And to keep it positive, to not get mired down by chaos that's going on out there, or the dismantling of the old, truly knowing that that is a dismantling, and there's new stuff coming in. So how do you move in the chaos when you're creating the new, bringing in the desires, manifesting the desires. I think it's beautiful that we be so heart-centered that we know the ideas that we're getting. They're not just from us. They're from our teams and other higher intellectual beings. But how do yeah. you go about really putting them into action? And maybe you want to say something about really calming the ego mind because that's the first to come in and say who are you to do this this is really where we're at right now aren't we Definitely. There's the ego mind, a sense of possible unworthiness, because I think that most humans have been given the program of like, you're low or you're a sinner or you're, you know, not worthy of creatorship or responsible enough for it. Part of it is to get out of that. Part of it is also to get beyond the depression or feeling of helplessness that I'm sure anyone can identify with that 
things like if you saw um, negativity in the world or in your life, it's like, oh, I don't like this thing, but what am I going to do about it? Like to set those things aside and other um, feelings of disempowerment. And um, that's also why I, I tell myself also like, oh, that such and such might not have been possible before, but such and such is possible now because there are new um, contexts and opportunities. So part of it is creating even like a little bit of breathing room for you to have a belief that things can change and things can improve. And then I consider all of this intention work to be a form of magic, but like not the type of magic that might be considered like um, formal spells or, you know, written recipes. It is a different type of heart-based intention magic that is very pure. And it's about, um, you know, in being alive, I consider a, a, an alive organism to be like a musician in a great symphony. And it's important to listen to the overall conductor, you know, the overarching um, organization of what you're a part of and respect, being respectful of that. Like, that's the ego has to be like, yes, I respect the larger sense of what I'm working within. But as a musician, you also get to do your personal self-expression and your personal, you know, whatever, so, solo playing when your time is up, uh, when, you, you know, when your time to play is there. Um, so it's important to balance those two things, to say, yes, like I recognize that there's um, other larger concerns that are not just my tiny individual concerns, other larger currents of events that I need to swim through, and also in my own personal body being and my own personal life interactions, it's totally appropriate to express preferences. And that's actually righteous and good. And preferences does not necessarily mean negative ego desires. So it's hard to separate out because we're coming out of this world that is about um, competition and um, pitting one against another. And that is, you know, like that capitalism competition, that, that the whole framework that that is seen as like a positive evolutionary paradigm. But we're moving into a different type of paradigm where it's not always about the biggest and the strongest getting what they desire. So a lot of this is about moving respectfully and playing music that is, when I say music, like the music of your desires and your hopes and your dreams that well um, meld harmonically, you know, that weave their way in with the other things that are also happening for other organisms and people. So it's like I would wish for myself, you know, the health and abundance and fun, exciting, you know, journeys of my life within a larger context of a peaceful planetary architecture where not only other humans can do what they want to do, but all, all of these other organisms. Because I know that it's easy to get um, stuck on the, the human-centered view and only think about, you know, the way that technology or environmental degradation is affecting us. But it absolutely affects the level of consciousness and the quality of life for all of the organisms on the planet. Everything from microbial life, because, you know, we have used antibiotics in a way that's not good for microbial life, all the way up to, you know, giant organisms like redwood trees and deforestation and the, the planet herself as a living being. So all of this is you're allowed to do reality creation respectfully in partnership with all of these other organisms that are here, um, you know, uh, I, I want to say like moving through space-time together. Now, I don't see any of this as an escape, quote-unquote, into either a technological reality or, you know, like the idea of um, flying off into a spaceship or something like that. I see this next level of reality as being totally respectful of the Earth's presence and having a physical body, that it's not a denial of or an escape, uh, escaping from those things. Um, that basically the things that might make your body uncomfortable or physical reality uncomfortable, that these can be 
positively improved and changed and shifted, and that it, it, it doesn't take new ingredients, not like we need to um, you know, get new puzzle pieces. It's a rearrangement of the puzzle pieces that we have or a reapportionment of the energy that we already have. So you already have in your own body being the totality of the energy that you need to be um, happy and healthy, let's say healed on very profound levels and to be able to um, function in a way that might be considered like superhuman levels of health. Don't need extra stuff added to you. All that is necessary is a rearrangement and better usage, like more efficient usage of what you have. And that also extends outward to, let's say, the economy of what we have on our planet. There's a lot of waste. There's a lot of misappropriation. The way that money is used and the way that economy is structured is um, out of equilibrium. We can take everything that we have and restructure it. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to suddenly, like they talk about mining an asteroid for gold or diamonds. Like I think that's a bit of a Band-Aid and also not what we really need. There is a way to do this, uh, you know, like I would say, harmonic restructuring. And a lot of it is, you mentioned, you know, the supernatural or higher dimensional viewpoint. Absolutely, I recognize that as a state of um, high intellect and um, high information that can be applied to what we are experiencing here, let's say, in the first-person experience. And there's, there's no conflict because we also have a higher self, each one of us, that is trying to guide us towards your, your greatest levels of health and abundance. And when we are it's very heart-centered, when we remain you know, in alignment with that, then we're able to do this collective, let's call it music of life. Because no offense to anyone, but what I've been seeing on this planet for a long time is you know, music of death that is not that good, that is, um, you know, has the potential for great destruction. And I think that all, uh, all of us here uh, can recognize that that's not a road that you necessarily want to go down. Like I, I, really, I really believe it's not necessary to have like a huge destruction in your personal life or in, in the collective society to then have something good come out of it. I think we've had enough destruction and that it's like time for construction, positive self-construction, positive community construction, and um, really changing the way that we interrelate with all the other organisms that are here. Absolutely. And that can take us into many different directions in our conversation. But I want to point to a couple of things that you said. So here we are. When we are restructuring everything that we have, this is the call of our heart to go within so deeply, to connect with the higher self that is guiding us and to get the information and the intellect on our next steps. So this goes into everything that we do. You mentioned the economy and the waste. And, you know, when we get ideas, for example, we'll get an idea and, it, and we may think it's our idea, but it's actually coming from our guides and our team or even our higher self from the call of the heart, the portal of the heart. And it's so easy that the ego could come in and stomp its muddy boots all over that idea. But when we see that this idea keeps coming up, keeps coming up it's in our field we have to pay attention to that and so how would you advise someone to really move forward with these ideas and remain in alignment when you say remain in alignment what does that mean for this example when we know something so deeply but maybe the ego is coming in to stomp all over it but we want to remain well, I in alignment yes yeah. You mentioned a thought that comes to you. I want to encourage everyone to think of thoughts as being alive beings, like little sparks that are, you know, thought forms that can come into us 
you know, and we can nurture them and help them to grow and, you know, actually um, be manifested. Or, you know, you can let, let them go, especially if it's a negative thought form. You might not want to actually nurture that into being. Um, and that's, that's part of our creatorship, that it's almost like we have a banquet of thoughts available to us with our mind, and some of them might be destructive or negative or, go, let's say, going in the opposite direction of life and um, positivity and, you know, continued consciousness, and um, some of them are incredibly positive. The first is the discernment of which thoughts you actually wish to nourish, and the other one, I know ego can be a trap. Um, to think that you're the only person that gets access to the thought might be the ego trap, because I really see these thoughts as like, you know, almost like whatever you would see, like like a cloud of birds or butterflies that they fly around. Oh, and same thing like with thoughts or, or um, sorry, inspiration for music or art. I feel that creativity uh, are at large and they are alive beings. And when you're an artist, yes. you open open yourself up to say, come inside of me. But it's, it's very egotistical to be like, that's mine, it's only mine. Because, you know, I know that many other musicians are picking up on the melodies that I pick up on. I think that they are cosmic melodies um, and that the, the most... Um, like harmonious way to think of yourself is like, yeah, I'm picking up on that. Others are picking up on that too. Yeah. And everybody has a, a slightly different vector or viewpoint. <laughs> so it comes out of you a little bit differently. And that is the beauty. Like when you're really in alignment and following your heart, you say, these are the positive thought forms that I want to take inside and nourish. And I want to, you know, germinate them and turn them into something. And whatever is that thing, it's going to be the flavor of you and your unique personality. And I consider that to be positive. That's the positive aspect of ego is the unique qualities and individuation that you get. Because I don't think that we're all supposed to be like vanilla or conformist or, you know, like a machine mind, the Borg, where everyone is the same. I think that in a really divine or perfect system, you get to have individuality and you get to have your own flavor of things. And um, when everybody um, is... Um, you know, uh, sharing their thoughts respectfully, it's a good balance of flavors. You know, it's not, not like, oh, it's too, too salty, it's too bitter, it's too sweet, it's whatever. It's everybody's got their own particular approach. And also um, the same thought form can come into different people and be manifested really differently. Like for one person, it might be a creative project. For another person, it might be a healing center or it might be some other form of, you know, physical building or, uh, you know, there are things that it could be a, a scientific achievement. It's the same abstraction, but when it comes through the human filter, it comes through differently. So I respect that, you know, I'm an artist and a musician. I tend to be more creative, but I respect that there are very practical things that a person might create, uh, whatever, a tool, a machine, build an architecture, build a place, but that is similar or even um, social hierarchy or social structures, ways of creating um, uh, the, the network that communicates people together, that that's also a another form of this creative integration. and uh, Or how about computers? Like, I'm not so much of an expert on computers. A ton of these ideas are creative things that come through the computer realm, and I respect that. And the joy that I feel is when I see, like, oh, a thought came to me, and I'm doing it on my way, and then I see all of these other people expressing that thought in the same way. It really makes me feel like we are all neurons in a great brain, and the brain is, like, get, getting synchronized together, and that we are actually um, moving towards a positive cognitive development. Yes. And when you share those words, it makes us understand how truly there's no competition and that it's time yeah. to collaborate and that we are each unique in our own human filter. 
Yeah, how many times have we seen ideas out there? We'll get an idea. And, you know, maybe a few years ago, I had an idea for a little hanging meditation pod. And then I'm right. in Mexico and I see that out there. I see it on a billboard. And I just yeah. have to smile because that idea was given and it's who can take it and make it happen. But it's Absolutely. now, it's, it's beyond, even this past year, even beyond um, making it happen, how can we collaborate with others so that we have an idea, but we know what our part is on it? So, for example, we have a skill in one area, maybe to get resources or to bring in a physical product that maybe is already made on the planet. So you have connections with that. But on another side, there's a system that needs to be developed. And there's someone who comes along with that technology piece for, say, let's, um, let's say an app, an app that helps the whole system with that product. And without going into too many details about what this is, these are ideas how we can collaborate and be pieces of the puzzle, cogs in the wheel or neurons in that neural network because yeah. – that's how we do our new earth way. So isn't it exciting as we get together and collaborate and just move forward on those ideas, really transcending competition, because there is no competition here. Uh, the word that you're using, collaborate, is perfect. And I think that that's the thing, that it's a mindset, and it's just like musicians collaborating, that it's essential to be in in order to create these, let's say, new creative networks that it used to be the idea like, oh, if I get a great idea, I want to capitalize upon it. I want to keep it for myself. I want to uh, um, cut through the competition. You know what I mean? Like I want to kneecap them so that they don't make the money, but I make all the money. And yes. there's a different, a different level of um, uh, reaching out in terms of collaboration. There's a, a, like a, not a bad way humbleness, but like a, a good humbleness to say, I don't have to do this all on my own. I'm part, and I would like yes. to connect with the other parts. And it's a, it's a joyfulness that, like, if I'm an expert at doing one thing, but I don't know about this other thing, that I know that there's a person that's the exact expert that I need to do. And really, I'm finding in individuality and creative projects, I think all you need to do is put out the call. Like, um, if, if you say, I have a great idea, I want to do this thing, but I don't know how to do this, or I need a person that will do this, um, put out the call, like, in whatever way, on your social networks or, you know, on emails or tweet it or something like that. I'm having wonderful experiences where people come, you know, they answer the call and they say, hey, I have that skill and I want to do this. And it's actually, um, it's like a manifestation of a dream that I think people are even connecting in, a, let's say, a mental a dream, a, let's say, a, a, a supra-physical world, like a world beyond the mere physical that that contains a lot of mentality and cognition and intention, and then um, connect with those people in reality in order to be able to uh, like basically find your team. And that um, all of this is very respectful of reality. It's the, like it, it, it's it's the partnership and the thing that you want to be doing in terms of like let's say re-sculpting society, taking so society as we have had it has been like, you know, a one-celled animal. Like an amoeba is a one-celled animal. It just has one structure. It doesn't have multi-cells in it. It only has to care about itself. It's like, I'm just looking out for number one. I don't care about anyone else from me. And that's kind of like the human level of interaction that we've had for like a lot of human history. We can see like people just being out for themselves and just being self-responsible. And although that is part of the journey, we are multicellular beings. And that means that you are a collection of whatever trillions of cells where you can't just be like, I'm just 
one cell and I only care about me, like your heart cells absolutely mm. have to care about your bone cells and your teeth cells and all of this because it all works. So in our society, it has been very short-sighted or really like malformed to be like, I just care about myself and I'm going to cut through the competition. I don't care about any of you when it's very obvious that there is such a level of interconnectedness that if there's a, a, a disease or something that's malfunctioning, it's going to affect you. Like it's, 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 you can't just, no man is an island, quote unquote. Um, you know, you can't just be living, uh, one cannot live just simply in their own isolated world. The, the, the real new paradigm that we're moving into is recognizing the profound interconnectedness we have. That's on a mind level, like on your cognitive thoughts, on the level of DNA, and on the level of physicality. So I have to say this, DNA, that what we're experiencing in this world, it's an antenna. It's not just a thing as it might have been described in objective materialist science that gives you your eye colors, your physical traits, or, or your propensity towards diseases. It does those things, but when DNA is alive and vibrating in your body, it absolutely connects you to your environment and to everybody else that's got DNA. So what we're seeing right now on Earth's you know, interactions and everything, is the real um, playing out of that truth that if there's a certain group of people who are diseased or who have, um, you know, changed their DNA in some way or who are singing a different song, it affects all of us. And that it has to be recognized that also if a group is suffering, if there's a group of people that, you know, have a, whatever, um, a negative frequency that they're constantly emitting, it's not just about them and their particular suffering. That also affects all of the healthy individuals around. So recognizing the interconnectedness is the next, is the, the imperative for leveling up to the next step. Like if you want to make the quantum leap from just being a singular individual and I don't care about nobody else, to being I'm part of a something greater and I have to care about something else, it's the recognition that your thoughts affect other people's thoughts. What you're doing with your DNA and the, the, its dance and its behavior absolutely affects other beings with DNA, and including the whole planet. And then, you know, what I would love to tell everyone about is positive, intentional, let's say, formalism of what you do with your DNA that, you know, if you, if you recognize you're dancing and you recognize you're affecting those around you and being affected by others, the, the uh, you know, ways to be a good dancer or a, a whatever, a respectful partner so that you're sending out um, the best frequencies and receiving the best frequencies. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, you recognize the interconnectedness of all. You are a galactic walk-in. For some of those who don't know your story um, fully, take a moment and share a little bit about that walk-in experience and more particularly how you see that interconnectedness. And this is where we get into the flying rainbow lasagna. It's quite fascinating. Thank you for that. Yeah. So for the first 27 years of life in this body, I lived as a human or the way that, you know, people live with a particular genetic code. And then in 2001, I had an experience that was like a near-death experience or an actual physical metabolic death experience. And you could say that uh, a new energy presence came into this body, or you could say that I've kind of been here all along, but I really came to the forefront um, beyond the human ego structure that was here. And I literally made my DNA um, move in a new pattern. 
I took the, the genetic potentials of the woman who was here. And I would like to say also that the, that, that woman is a good person, like, you know, not a person who deserved to be destroyed. I don't want anyone to think that they have to kill their ego because I know that there's this big movement of, like, whatever. I consider it self-hatred or something like that. You, you don't have to hate yourself. You don't have to kill your ego. But um, the ego structure that you might have had might be limited. And for me, um, when I began to change my DNA and move in a different pattern, um, it definitely um, gave me a different um, identity, persona structure, and a different um, perception of reality. And so I, I, I use the word walk-in because it feels that way as if a different presence is here. Um, but you could also say that my, my subsequent 20 years of life have been a refinement of the original consciousness or um, uh, an augmentation of the original consciousness. And the way that I did this is called flying rainbow lasagna. So the, um, the usual formation of DNA and of our energy centers or chakras is toroidal or shaped like a donut. And that is um, it's a beautiful balanced form. It has some limitations in the sense that it's like saying, this is your book of life. It's, these are your timelines. These are your options of what you have available to you in your life, but not having the capacity to rewrite new options. So, um, you know, it's good to, like, if you, if you can see the, the timelines of your life and you can navigate them freely and say, okay, these are the options um, and you're able to go where you want to go, that's good. But what if some of the options aren't good? What if none of the pathways are good or positive and, or what if the pathways aren't positive not because of you but because of some larger thing like a, a war or something that is on a much larger context um, a destruction something like that that would um, make it so that you couldn't live your life effectively this flying rainbow lasagna is a shape that takes that ordinary torus and turns it inside out it makes it dance or vibrate in a way that the original elements of time, the possibilities and probabilities that are evident in that torus that is what makes up your body being um, can be rearranged or changed or restructured. I did that in 2001 very spontaneously so that I could continue to live in a body, so that I can continue to be here, so that, let's say, so that this body would continue to be viable, that there were no good options. All the op I was like, oh, I don't like any of these options. And what I did instead was respectfully write new options for me to experience. And when I say respectfully, it is really in partnership with the cosmos or the great scriptwriter or the great composer or um, the, the um, pre-existing cosmic laws. Like I, it was necessary to not come into conflict with anything that had been established previously and because it's like, um, you know, that would, that would um, how can I say it, like that there would be a causality issue if I want to do something new, but it comes into conflict with all of the things that are truthful in reality. So it's almost like a math problem at a higher level. You say, if this, if A is true and B is true and C is true, then what can we do for D? And I had to respect A, B, and C as, you know, these are the ways that humans are structured, these are the ways that genetics are structured, and this is the relative context of what's going on. What can I do as D, my solution for improving reality? And my solution was this new higher dimensional dance movement. So when I say higher dimensional, I mean like if you are walking on a flat piece of paper, you're limited. You can't jump off into space and, you know, go from the middle of the paper directly to the edge. But if you have access to a higher dimension, you can jump from the middle of the paper to the edge or you can imagine yourself 
folding the edge of the paper closer to where you are. And that is the dance movement that I do with DNA, folding the fabric of time, space, and consciousness so that it has new touching points. There are new, let's say, portals or entry points or ways to rearrange events that become more fun and interesting than the um, deterministic ways that things were laid out beforehand. And deterministic meaning like what, what, what one was fated to experience. So this quantum leap is a leap between the um, idea structure of um, determinism, meaning um, someone else has written the book of my life and I walk through like an actor on the stage, you know, saying the script but not being able to change very much, to the idea of this self-empowerment where you have a pencil with an eraser. And if you do not like the script of reality, you can be more than just an actor. You can actually erase the events or, or experiences or words you don't like and write in something new. So if there is a genetic disease that you're not interested in experiencing, you have the capacity of, let's say, either um, erasing it or writing, writing a new narrative. Something else happens instead. And when I say respectfully, all of this is like working in the cosmic concert. So I, I didn't write something like, I grew 12 heads and, you know, whatever, horns sprouted from, from whatever, from my earlobe. Um, you know, I, I wrote a reality that is respectful and works with all the other cosmic laws and um, has allowed me to continue to have continuity of consciousness and also um, to experience greater levels of empowerment. That it, it just like playing an instrument, like playing a violin or something, it takes a long time to become a DNA virtuoso. And at first, um, it, I, I was not very effective at being able to manifest exactly what I wanted or, or um, create the experiences that I wanted. And also part of that was myself and part of that was where we were in the seasons of, you know, deep darkness of winter, not a good time to try to plant seeds. Um, but in more recent years, as I've become more of a virtuoso, I have found greater facility in directly affecting time. And the way that I do it is not in an ego state. Like, you know, certainly I have an ego and I have my own preferential desires and things like that. But what I do is I go into a, a, a non-egotistical, quote-unquote, magical mind state. And I do a literal dance when I do this dance. But I want people to know that the dance of flying rainbow lasagna to change your DNA, it's not just for those who are physically able-bodied. That I mean, I've had disabilities in my life and I still do my dance. And even if you cannot move a body part or have illnesses, that doesn't have to hold you back. You can dance with your mind or with your capacity to envision, like, you know, your, your imagination envisionment equipment. You can also um, dance on a cellular level that is very profound. And all of this is, again, it's a, a, a claiming or a reclaiming of really the powers that we have always been intended to have. In being here, I truly feel like being here embodied as a person or as an organism, a dolphin, anything. I truly feel that we were meant to have levels of freedom and interaction, not to merely be like, you know, an automaton or a, 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 a whatever, a, a, not a slave, but, you know, like a, a worker going through things and sometimes negative things and not wanting to do those things. This is a lot about empowerment and also the um, presumption of goodness. Like if there's some negative thing that I'm seeing in a timeline or a possibility in the future, I actually have a presumption that the cosmos or whatever larger intelligence does not necessarily want me to suffer or die or struggle or be in distress. I would presume goodness that I'm here to have positive experiences and to continue to live and that there should be some way to either change, rewrite, or jump over the um, negative or harmful or destructive experiences. So it's, um, again, part of that, like, because I know 
I know that there are some religious or spiritual viewpoints that seem to say that um, suffering is given to us necessarily, suffering is given to us for um, learning purposes, and I, I respect that, but I will tell you that personally, I feel that I can learn in a way that does not involve suffering. Like when I'm, if I had a piano teacher, I would definitely want, not want them to like hit me on the knuckles if I play a wrong note. You know, I do not learn well like that. I learn much better in the sense of having freedom and let's say dignity, and that I also, I, I send that out to others, that I don't presume that either, like any dog or horse or domesticated animal or human or anything, no one wants to learn like under the harsh, you know, master of a whip, that we would much rather learn our lessons um, uh, with dignity and, let's say, um, a, in a pleasant way, and that there is a way to do that. So, you know, we're in a school. We are learning. There is structure here. It's not about evading life's lessons or only, um, you know, like eating a bowl of ice cream and never, never eating your vegetables. But I really do think that it's about releasing a lot of the negative programming that suffering is necessary to learn and that um, if you avoid suffering that you're somehow uh, whatever, like, like um, there's a cheat or a fraud. Like I'm like, no, 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 no. I think we all have touched the stove enough to know that the stove is hot and that things hurt and that there's another way to learn. And so the quantum leap into um, interconnectedness, DNA interconnectedness and community is also the recognition that we don't have to have these harsh lessons of suffering, that our entire way of learning and being can be a lot more gentle and pleasant. Hallelujah. Absolutely. So you dance on a cellular level, dance with the mind, dance to change your DNA, you yeah. dance or vibrate the original possibilities. Can you share more about how we would dance with our yeah. DNA? Absolutely. So part of the dance is a recognition of connection to solar energy, like the sun that is here, and also the entire stellar network or network of stars, which is really a very large neurological brain, you know, that we see in, in the nighttime sky, but that we are also a part of, like, as little tiny, I wouldn't even say mini brains, but I would say we're like maybe neurotransmitters. Maybe our planet is like a neuron, and we are like little tiny molecular neurotransmitters. So a big part of being able to do this dance, I feel, is getting the energy to do it. And I get a lot of energy by um, solar ingestion. I would say sun gazing, but I want to be really clear. Like, I do not fry my physical eyes. Like, I bring in the light into my forehead. I breathe it into my pineal gland. I fill up um, my, my beingness, you know, like filling up a cup of water, um, filling up all of my energy centers. And then, and of course, I also eat physical food. Like, um, this is the um, respectfulness of me um, changing, you know, rearranging what it, what it is to be a body being. Like, I respect that I'm in a paradigm where there is physical matter and the physical matter body needs to be fed. So I eat light from my light body or my consciousness body. And when I eat that light, I recognize that it's literally ideas and thought forms from the sun, which is an amazing um, master teacher that, you know, is, is an incredible genius in the sky. I want to eat those genius thoughts. And let's say then I'm going to eat my lunch and my lunch is full of whatever kale and oranges and, you know, physical objects. I recognize when I eat those objects that I'm eating solidified light from a conversation that was had between a plant and the sun. So 
part of this is a retraining or a restructuring of even how we think of nourishment, that I do not think that I'm taking a foreign object and putting it inside of me and mashing it up with my mouth and putting it into my belly. I really see it as I'm eating a conversation that is part of the mind structure of the world that I exist in. And then having fueled myself and filled myself with light in that way, then I sit either in like a comfortable place or I have like, you know, um, you know, places where I can dance. I've, I've cleared out dance space because I do like to move my arms and legs. And then, so I move my, my physical larger structure of my body, my arms and my legs and my head. And, and uh, it does not look like a traditional dance, like a waltz or anything like that. It's a partnerless dance. Um, that means you, you can do it on your own. You don't need to have like a, another person, um, like a couple dance. But what I'm doing is aligning my chakras or energy centers with the sine waves or waveforms that are at large in the cosmos. And um, uh, the sine waves have like a wiggly back and forth motion. I know we're on an audio call, but if, it, if anybody if you could imagine like, you know, um, a, 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 an undulation, the timelines undulate. And in order to travel along them in a frictionless way, you can undulate along with them. And that when you do this, you're in tune with the cosmic music. There's less friction in your um, movement through time. And you also get uh, regenerated, that this dance regenerates you um, as opposed to a dance or, a bi or any body postures where there's friction, where you're moving against the time currents and against the natural movements of energy. So part of it is um, beginning to feel those time currents. And then as I feel the currents moving, and to me, I will say this, there's different levels of being psychic. Nothing is better than anything else. Some people see an inner picture, like on their inner movie screen. Some people hear tones, like music inside of them. Some people feel with their body, like a kinesthetic sense. I've done, you know, all these things. My kinesthetic sense is very strong, and that's what I initially started with with my dance. But I didn't see where I was going when I was dancing. I didn't necessarily have that level of guidance, but it eventually developed. But I could feel, like um, the best way I could say it, like when you feel the beat in a song, you feel the beat in music, or if you have ever tried to do like double dutch jump rope where you have two jump ropes going at the same time, you got to get the feel for it. You got to kind of like get the timing, get the timing, get the timing, and then you jump in and you do your dance. That is exactly what it is like to jump in and start to dance in these larger time currents. There are larger events of reality that are going on that are galactic in scale. You know, we would consider them to be enormous. Like we're these little neurotransmitters here, and then there are these things that are so giant that are happening on the galactic scale. That's the rhythm of the, the jump ropes that you're trying to get into. And the challenge is for you to put one, to put one's own individual DNA into that context and vibrate it in a complementary pattern. And the patterns that you do are going to be unique to you. This is, again, great respect to the complexity of life, that we each have a unique genetic code. It's unique to you. It's like your fingerprint. And you also have a unique trajectory through time. That means that, first of all, you've, everybody is born in a different place and in a different body. Like, not everyone was born in New York City. It's 12.01 a.m. Like, everybody's got a different starting point. Everybody has a different trajectory. Like, you can imagine ping pong balls or baseballs, like, flying across the sky. These are, these are your ball of possibilities, and this is you flying through your trajectory of time. So the algorithm or the vector or the direction that each individual needs to go is slightly different and slightly unique can't just take another person's life template and like uh, ready to wear like just 
plop it right on you like it's going to fit. No, all of this has to be custom made or custom designed for the individual. So, um, you know, you can get um, tips and pointers and inspiration from other people, but it is absolutely essential to develop your own rhythm, your own dance structure, your own way of doing it, and your own, let's say, um, uh, sustenance, your own uh, way of, like, you know, keep keeping going uh, because it is, it is like a marathon. Like, um, I want to say doing this dance is not just something that you do one day and then it's done. It really is a dance done over over time, over a lifetime perhaps. Um, so just like when you make an oil painting, you're not going to sit down and paint an oil painting masterpiece in one day. That's not a fair expectation. What you do is start out with a sketch, and then every day you go back to the painting and you um, tighten up the sketch and you add layers. And as you do more layers and come back day after day and you let things dry and you look at it and get perspective, you see, oh, this part needs to change, this part is coming in great, this part is good, this part is, you know, needs more work. Um, understanding that adding layers to your life and moving your life in a positive direction and as a collective is not a one-day event that it takes many, many subsequent layers of effort, that if you make one mistake, it's not the end of everything. Please don't put that much pressure on yourself because as an artist or as a dancer in reality, you have to give yourself that uh, eraser. Like you've got a pencil that you can make marks with. You also have an eraser to take things out. So as I've been dancing my dance for like 20 years, um, you know, I've put many, many layers into it. And um, this relates, it for anyone who is science-minded, relates beautifully to some of the new work that is coming out about something called a time crystal. So I would in encourage everyone to look that up research time crystals, they are uh, a new form of matter that is very similar to how I described the flying rainbow lasagna oscillation. And basically it involves, um, you know, uh, many layers of being uh, um, uh, laminated over time. You know, like if you, if you could imagine a crystalline structure that is formed by matter that has different positions over the course of well, in, in some of these experiments, it might be only over seconds because it's not that stable, but in a larger sense, it could be over days, weeks, months, or years. And that that is you. It's your life. Your life is the art project. Your life is like the time crystal. And each day that you add to your um, your oil painting or your intention for reality, that it is bringing it into greater levels of clarity and focus. Um, so I do my dance. Um, I vibrate my DNA. It feels like I'm undulating through time, but it also feels like I go into a nonverbal state. Like, I might, I might start out my day feeling like the ordinary troubles of the world, and I, whatever, I read the news and I drink my coffee and I say, you know, oh, pish tosh, like this is all wrong and everything. But then when I do my dance, I don't bring those feelings into it. I go into a moment of pure expansion and pure potential. I kind of like um, unhook or disentangle from regular reality, go into that quantum state of pure potential, feel the currents of the cosmos, um, use the energy of my food and sunlight in order to move in positive directions, and then, and I, I do use literal music in order to, you know, um, uh, inspire me to move. People, you can use music or you can dance in your own way, whatever whatever inspires you, um, but then I feel like uh, when, when I'm done with my dance, um, I put a page break, kind of like a little, um, a comma, or a, a parenthesis, like, that's what I just did. I'm going to um, uh, mark, you know, the, the like a measure break in music because when I come back and I dance again, I am actually might be starting from a slightly different beat or starting from a different tone because reality will change. So I, every day, do my dance, 
and then I come out of that um, whatever uh, higher dimensional mind state, and I'm in my ego state again, and I say, okay, now let's see what has changed, what has improved, and I'm so gratified to report to everyone that I do see real changes, but it's not necessarily something where I say, I want to change this thing in this direction. Now I'll go dance. Now I change it in this direction. It's not like um, that, uh, whatever. It's not like a push-button cosmos. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, it is much more of a respectful partnership. It has to do with asking and requesting and receiving and being a part of things and then um, being surpri- pleasantly surprised when you come out and see how things happen and how they actually um, end up looking. So, you know, I have an envisionment of what I would like things to be like, clearly. When I come out and I'm surprised by what I see, sometimes I'm tickled by it. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't how I thought it was going to be, but that's kind of cool. I see it. So, um, Lauren, when you talked about having an idea and then later seeing it on a billboard, that's some of those experiences. Many times I have had inner ideas and I have danced and then I have gone on the computer or seen something and I said, look, that is exactly what I was looking or thinking or dancing about. And it's, it's very gratifying. And all of those, when you find a synchronicity or a, a, a cosmic, like a wink or a thumbs up, those are all signs that you're absolutely coming into alignment in terms of timing. Like when I said this is like double dutch jump rope and you got to get your footwork just right, that's what we are doing in time. And there, there are many perilous realities, like many catastrophes that could happen. We don't have to be on those timelines. You don't have to have a personal destruction like a car accident or whatever. And you don't have to have a planetary destruction like a nuclear war. If you do the fancy footwork, you can actually integrate with your reality with the larger superstructures that are pleasant enjoyable, not destructive, not catastrophic, and actually visible improvements are made from where we have been to where we are going. So some of the visible improvements that I've seen have been changes in human consciousness. Like I've been here 20 years as Aurora, as a walk-in, and when I first came here, like there were a lot of things that I looked around and made an assessment of what I saw, and I was like, not to, not to condescend, but I was like, oh, tisk tisk, like that's not right, that's not right. And then I've seen so many things change really at an accelerated rate within the past 10 years, definitely within the past five years, and so much so within the past two years. So I want mm-hmm. everyone to really recognize and know the, the ascension energies or the enlightenment energies energies of the past two years have been getting growing stronger and stronger and that it's it's totally available to us but don't beat yourself up you're like so how come i'm not like superpower how come i'm not superman yet why am i not you know um totally empowered yet my real answer to that is that there have been many inhibitors placed on humanity and a lot of those inhibitors have to do with um cell phones um the 5g grid and basically things that are a synthetic or artificial form of telepathy that I remember being here in 2004 and the town where I lived was a little up, town in upstate New York. There was a lot of natural telepathy and it was easy for me to connect with other minds. And then I remember when we got a cell phone tower in our town, all of a sudden you could get reception on your phone, but I couldn't get reception in people's minds anymore. And that was just one small example. I think the satellite networks that have gone up and many other, let's say, forms of frequency smog, you know, all these EMFs and Bluetooths, um, they have made it difficult for us to, number one, connect with each other and other organisms telepathically, because we should all be able to talk to each other mind to mind. Having a phone is great, but mind to mind is even better. And we should be also telepathic with plants and animals. Um, And also there have been inhibitors in terms of like um, personal healing and restructuring and connection to a larger cosmic um, consciousness or um, 
uh, intelligence beyond this level of reality, again, that is because of frequency that is here. So none of that is meant to say, um, oh, like, oh, no, don't jump out a window. You know, everything is fine. Don't, don't panic. Um, but that's the reason why it's been, uh, instead of feeling all of these um, uplifting and expansive energies that are really our, our birthright, we have a lot of things that are technological that have been holding us back. So I'm always encouraging everyone to envision that we don't actually have to have these technological accoutrements that we Oh, well, we just lost Aurora. Let's wait for her to jump back on the line. Very fascinating. All right, so she was talking about the technology that could inhibit us. And, you know, uh, on one sense, the awareness that it could inhibit us actually allows us to move beyond it, dance our DNA around it. So we'll ask her that when she jumps back on the line. This is also a great time for Aurora to share um, information with you. If you've got questions for Aurora, then please let us know. Sounds like Aurora is back with us. Hello, Aurora. Hello, and I apologize. I don't know if I was speaking badly about the cell phone network and it decided to just drop me. <laughs> I apologize completely. I don't mean well, to down we technology were... so much. Yeah, it, it was very interesting. And so, you know, here, I guess what we were saying is that, yes, we can um, notice it, but does our awareness of it actually assist us in transcending it? Um, one thing I notice is the distraction. If I go to my phone for one thing, or this is why I'm not on Facebook that much, because I find that's highly distracting you know, you go for one thing and, and it pulls your attention to something completely different and you forgot that you were going to go to your phone to check the weather <laughs> when we yes, should be definitely. checking the weather with our own eyeballs. Definitely. All right. So part of mm -hmm. it is distraction. Yeah. And also I would say social media and other things like that. People do not, I think, have a profound understanding of how much you're in the human soup. When you go on Twitter or on Facebook, your energy is really blending with all of the other energies of the human soup. And I will tell you that not everybody is happy, good, and well-balanced. There's a lot of negativity, dysfunction, dysphoria, a lot of things that you don't want to necessarily take inside. So um, I yeah. am very cautious and what I, what I say stingy at this point. I used to be much more giving of my energy maybe 10 years ago on Facebook and social media. And I really wanted to do that in order to introduce my ideas to the world. But now I'm very selective is a better word of um, who, how, where, and when I share on social media because I really don't want to absorb um, the negativity, trollishness, or vi mind violence that I sometimes see. Um, and even things that are sad, sadness, dejection, hope, hopelessness, and helplessness, I don't necessarily want to ingest that either. So I would say, um, you know, like, eh, whatever, if you're going out in the rain, wear a raincoat. Like, if you're going on social media, um, prepare yourself so that you're not going to get the, the, the backwash of all of the human angst that is out there right now. Yes, very good points. All right, well, we're glad that you're back. And for those who are on our web call or the phone, if you've got a question for Aurora in this fascinating conversation, then hit start two, and that'll allow you to raise your hand and you can share your voice. Or if you've got a question, there's a Q&A box for us as well. Okay, well, very fascinating where we are selective, um, really 
using our energy in the right way. One last thing I wanted to share about um, social media. I know from the very beginning it never resonated with me, but I'm more of a private person, which is kind of interesting because here I am, you know, out in the media world. But um, I just like to keep things uh, more private, and that just feels like it's um, a little bit out there for me. If we use that platform in the most positive way, then we'll see that we're posting inspiring things, posting information to uplift. And maybe that does mean not going to anyone else's pages or clicking through on anything that distracts us from that main message. I do know other spiritual teachers who have been able to be immaculate with that practice um, and it works. And, and, and so at any one given time, you could have 4 million people talking about that beautiful posting that you, you made. So this is the way that we could use it in a positive thing. But you're right. If you're going to get on that, then put your proverbial raincoat on to just have all yeah. that energy flow yeah. off your back. Yeah, I love what you said about curating your posts or being very um, virtuous, uh, virtuoso and uh, selective in what you say. That is really the way to use um, social media. You could think of social media as a mind microphone, that it amplifies your thoughts. So if you get on there and you say, oh, I have this terrible stuff going on in my life, like it's definitely going to amplify that out there. Everyone will hear it. And also there are privacy concerns. Um, and if you're also going on there and saying, here's something positive that I want everyone to hear or know, that's also part of it. At best, we can look at social media as um, mind training for what it is like to have a psychic or telepathic society. So, you know, uh. when I talk about my, my origins and the galactic societies that I'm familiar with, I am familiar with a place where it is a, a psychic society or everyone is naturally telepathic and you have to have um, respectful interactions. So, you know, even if you can read someone else's mind, it is appropriate for them to be able to have their personal space, like their private diary. It's not like just being completely open and naked to the world. That would be very inappropriate. So um, it, it's, it's essential to say, like, these are my most private, you know, privately held thoughts and I don't share this part of myself with everyone. This is the stuff that I share with, you know, close friends. And then here's the part of my mind that I share openly with the general public. It's mm. essential to begin structuring one's inner being in that way so that you keep your inner magic magical. You keep your intimacy intimate. And it, it, it's, it's important. It, let's say if you're an artist or a musician, because that's what I'm most familiar with, you know something? I don't share every part of my creative process. I often share works in progress that are almost done or things that are, are already finished, but I don't necessarily go on social media and say, hey, everybody, I have an idea and I'm going to do this. It's like, no, that's like, that's like sharing the baby's not even born yet. Like it hasn't germinated, hasn't any of these things. Like it's really important to keep your intimacy intimate to yourself, privacy to yourself, and then share the generalities with the general public because um, it's important to understand like you, one cannot simply just, you can't just trust your heart to everyone. Like I'm, I'm, you have to protect your heart, you, you know, your goodness, your purity a little bit and share the parts that you want to share. And that's, that's the way it should be. And that, so um, it's um, in terms of being a psychic society, it requires the earned trust to get full access to a person's body being. And that would also be for any kind of sense of 
physical or emotional or spiritual healing or hypnotherapy or guidance or anything like that, like that is like definitely going into people's um, most trusted, you know, inner sanctum areas. That's only for people that are trained to be able to do that. And it must be under consensual circumstances. Like all of this is, this is the, the, the best way to do psychic society because it's really important to understand, like everybody right now needs to learn about boundaries and consent. Because as we're understanding, your DNA connects you to other people. What you do with your DNA and your behavior is, is affecting someone else. What you think with your mind is affecting someone else. So it's not appropriate, like, to say, to take liberties with one's mind, to look at another person's form, you know, what I mean, to, to project sexuality or something like that. That's just one example of inappropriateness that cannot happen in a telepathically active society because it is a form of um, inappropriate crossing of boundaries. Or how about if you have a, a secret, like, I'm not supposed to learn all of your secrets, your, your code passwords or anything like that. You are supposed to have that inside of you safe and so part, part of this is also learning personal encryption um, I, and I, I talk about that in terms of um, DNA lasagna dance too um, we the people that have bodies like we have a responsibility you know there are many disembodied thought forms and they're like oh look at you juicy embodied people like I would love to have you do stuff for me you got to be really careful that you as an embodied person with creativity, with, you know, blood and life force energy, that you don't get exploited or co-opted by mere thought forms that do not have a body and are looking to exploit someone else. So it's really important to know your value, know your worth, know your sovereignty as an individual, and that um, nothing else should come inside of you and manifest through you, like, without permission or, or use you in some way. So when I do the Flying Rainbow Lasagna Dance, a big part of it is also I do like an encryption on it just like on my computer my computer doesn't open up without my thumbprint so no one else can send emails under my name when I do my dance I say this is my dance no one else is getting inside of me and making these things happen and that also is um, the next level of taking personal responsibility because if something goes wrong it is my dance and I'm responsible to it so it's my painting if I put too much red in this and then I look at it the next day and I say, oh, God, that looks horrible. It's me. I did that, not someone else. And then I am the person that needs to rectify, change, fix, or heal. That's a big part of the quantum leap, the leveling up, the getting to the next level of consciousness. Like when people talk about going into space or like that next, the, the, the great leap forward, things like that, they imagine it's like flying in a metal spaceship. But it is really achieving greater levels of profound personal responsibility in terms of creatorship of reality because once you become very, very responsible, then you are prepared to um, create reality directly and connect with these other consciousnesses who are already creating reality directly. And I will affirm to you that there is a beautiful network of minds or what you would say a galactic society, but not necessarily ones that fly in spaceships. They might literally be like in their own world or on their own planet, but their minds and their telepathy is able to reach out and positively interact with others. That is really the quantum leap, that, the goal of what I would want this society here to be able to do. I think the goal of making a spaceship to fly physically to another world, like to Alpha Centauri or something like that, I think that is a very literalist goal and not necessarily happy and positive. But to be able to live on this in this world, um, create a beautiful, healthy environment here where everybody does not have to use um, technology to augment their telepathy, and because having a healthy body helps you to have natural telepathy, um, then being able to reach out to these 
other um, societies and to, to not perpetrate mind violence, like that's big also, because you want to wipe, wipe your feet before you go into, you know, the, the, the larger society, like, um, you know what I mean? Like to, what, we're do, what, it's what we're doing, many people are doing shadow work and other things, or let's, instead of using that term, let's say um, uh, working out their, their lower ego um, tendencies, as a preparation for being able to connect in a healthy way to the larger uh, context of minds. So, yeah, it's about um, uh, healing your own wounds so that you don't perpetrate violence on others. And I am absolutely understanding of this. Like, I came here as a relatively peaceful person without a lot of trauma and mind violence, but I've been here for 20 years, and I've had many traumas and, you know, developed a lot of tendency towards mind violence. And I would not want to, you know, when you are part of this, refined society like those are not waveforms that you want to send out there even though i recognize it has its place so why i've had to you know it's like if you're, you're on the battlefield like okay you're going to have to do this otherwise you're going to get knocked around a lot but boy it's, it's really um quite quite unusual for me to have to do it and um but it is effective i don't want anyone to think you have to be a pushover but just understand that when you really graduate like with your debutante and you really come out of the ball like it's not a brawl you know it's a it's a debutante ball not a debutante brawl mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to be fighting, like fighting an ego stance against all these other beings, um, it's a completely different level of collaboration and cooperation on the mind's level. Well, uh, beautiful. And as everyone listening can tell, you are a wealth of information. There's a couple questions coming in that I'm going to get to in just a moment, and we've got a caller on the line. Before we get there, I want to talk about You've got a course. It's Lessons for Full-Spectrum Humans. And in this course, it's an online home study video course. Um, Part one has over 20 recorded lessons. And, oh, my goodness, these talk about everything that you need to learn the new dance steps for your DNA and come to the cosmic ball. So the course curriculum that you've got, I want to invite everyone to check that out. If you click on the special offer button on this webpage, you'll see we talk about, or Aurora talks about the chakras, the shape of everything. She goes into time, shape, and awareness, organic and inorganic beings, the physical and non-physical worlds, the indigo chakra, the flower of life, the Merkaba, the energetic anatomy and the sun, sun gazing, Um, the intentional use of energy, galactic history, and so much more. And these are available. It's a beautiful course. For those who have seen some of Aurora's videos, she's a really great teacher. The way that she explains it and everything is something that's quite remarkable and helps us understand what she sees in her mind and what she's learned and experienced from her high-level perspective. Aurora, before we go to questions, is there anything that you'd like to add about this course, the full-spectrum humans, lessons for full-spectrum humans? Yes, thank you so much for the beautiful way that you described all that. I really appreciate that that assessment of my work. And, um, yes, I want to say that um, listening to those videos and the accompanying live lectures that are, um, you know, uh, like a – they flesh things out. Like the, the, the course is like a, a textbook and then there are live lectures for it. And all of that is basically meant to give you the um, foundation understanding to be able to do the Flying Rainbow Lasagna dance. 
the SRL dance, just for shorthand, is kind of like jamming with the band. It's a very spontaneous, creative, immersed in the moment thing to do. And just like being a musician, it can be intimidating to be like, okay, now be spontaneous, like be perfect, like do a solo. Like it's like, oh my God, what do I play? As a musician, I have found that it was very good for me to have some structure and formal training. That means I learned what are the notes on the piano, how do these things fit together, what 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 does everybody else already know about music so that I'm kind of on the same footing as them, and then from there I can happily, um, uh, you know, bebop and, and innovate and do cool stuff. That is the intention for my class, that it is meant to be the um, formalism so that you can understand the, the non-physical realm or the, the, the realm of supra-consciousness, um, understand how uh, reality is structured so that then when it's time to um, bebop or uh, innovate and do your flying rainbow lasagna dance, you have that foundation to draw upon and be able to do the innovations like in, in, in a fun, uh, non-pressured way. I'm, I'm not sure if the words are even coming out right. Um, to have more confidence, let's say, and more um, um, relaxed nature of jamming, like, you know, like co collaborating with the cosmos as opposed to the fear of making a misstep, the fear of being wrong, the fear of being not enough. So all of the work that is available in the Lessons for Full Spectrum Humans is like do your homework, learn your, um, your scales on the piano, and then, of course, the, the classes do culminate in an actual teaching of what is the flying rainbow lasagna, how do you do it with your DNA, what's actually happening on a DNA level, but it's all to prepare you for that so that you feel a, con a cosmic confidence, like you have the capacity to do it because that, that is a big part of it, um, kind of like um, claiming like claiming sovereignty or claiming your um, capacity to um, uh, to spark something new. That this is it, when you do it, it is a magical activity because you're literally creating something new that hasn't been done before. And every time you do it, it's magical. And every time you do it, it keeps on getting more and more magical. That is the name of the game: working with that magic and doing your magical mind state dance. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Again, um, the special offer is right there. We invite folks to check it out and see if that is something that you want to dive into. It is beautiful. Okay. Let's go to a question. Here's an interesting question. Where does the neuron rewire brain theories fit in with dancing with the DNA? Beautiful. So instead of thinking of the brain as a series of lines, like when people think of neurons, you think of like a line that connects point A to point B. I think it's essential to start thinking of thoughts as waveforms. Just like a melody is a collection of many different um, notes played uh, either in sequence or together, um, a thought is like a waveform or an undulation that can involve various different aspects of the brain. Like, you know, it's not just a line from point A to point B. It might be a stimulation of a little bit of this area, a little bit of this area over here, and a little bit of this area over here. So now we're into more of the sense of like a three-dimensional shape or a mapping of the mind. And that in um, creating these thought structures that are flying rainbow lasagna or these new dance structures, it's literally creating different shapes with the uh, stimulations in your brain. And also not to be too centered on just brain as house of consciousness, but also to recognize body being 
as house of consciousness. So I know that a lot of my um, energy work is centered in my brain, and I certainly feel the changes happening there, but I also feel them all up and down my spine. I feel them down to the bottom of my feet. I feel it. That's why it is a very, it's a big, it's a corporeal dance for me all, all, all the way, not just something that is in my, my brain or my eyes. And um, to understand, like, if you're doing a dance and think of your body being as like a big ball of light, the entire ball of light is one one presence, like it's not chopped up into pieces, and that what I'm moving in terms of my arms, legs, spine, how about um, bone structure? Our bone structure is absolutely conductive and is part of the, it's part of your energy field. And also um, the water, the water that is in your body. I'm big on encouraging people to structure your water and drink the purest water that you can because literally the way that the water molecules are clustered within your cells and the way that the fats of your cell membrane are arranged, it has to do with you know what you would say sacred geometry or this perfect divine harmony, but that also has to do with the capacity to conduct energy or be, be like a perfect you know, a conductor of energy, like um, so the energy will flow, um, that is more than just being something in, in your brain, in your neuron that is flowing. So structuring the water in your body, um, health on every level is basically the way to um, be more psychically operant and um, powerful. That is not just about the brain. Um, I hope that that's a good answer. Yes, Beautiful. Thank you. And I know we're going to just all go dance and make that part of our regular experience, just dancing ourselves and vibrating our DNA. I absolutely encourage it. Can I say one thing? You know you're on the right track when you feel this feeling of freedom and euphoria. And it's not a sense of like a a drug euphoria in any way. All of this I'm encouraging to be like, you know, a a natural, gentle experience um, that when when I'm doing my dance, I know that I'm in the cosmic groove because I start to feel really good inside. And I want everyone Mm -hmm. to know, like I said before, you don't have to be suffering. You don't have to be, uh, you know, victimized in order to learn. This is the literal embodiment of that. You will know that you're on the right path when you're like, this this is starting to feel good. I am grooving. And the idea also is that even when you have completed your dance, you know, I did my my dance, I put another layer on the painting, now I'm going to go do my day because I have a regular life. I keep on grooving throughout my regular life. I'm grooving while I'm walking my dog to the park. I'm grooving while I'm doing the dishes. And that is what you want to do. You want to continue that beautiful cultivation of energy and positivity through all of your daily activities. It doesn't stop. It's just like when you do a, you know, you do what a cardio exercise, it raises your metabolism for the rest of the day. So you want to raise your energetic and consciousness metabolism for the rest of the day by doing this dance. That's a beautiful way to describe that. Absolutely. It feels good and we'll know it when we feel it. That's a beautiful yes. tip. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And again, it's just like a, a gentle goodness feeling, not anything that, whatever, you know, I, I don't know, would, would be something that is contrived or artificial or anything like that. I think you understand what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Let's go to a caller. We're going to go to British Columbia, and it's area code 250 from Fort St. John. Hi, caller. You're unmuted. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Sherry, and um, this is fascinating. Um, Lots of information, and I think you might have just answered um, my question, but what I'm 
needing some clarity on is um, um, it's uh, I, I'm missing something, so I'm not sure how to ask the question. But I'll, I'll, I'll um, the whales and and um, have been struggling here um, due to lack of food, and and this is for me very heartbreaking. Um, and I want to share and get the word out there in a positive way. Um, um, and and I'm just not sure how to how to share that I guess and, and be a voice for them in a in a good way instead of a, like a in other words not not turning a blind eye but yet right. supporting instead of being unsupportive and creating more you know yes anger I guess resentment or look you're blaming or you know because it's not about that it's about helping them and and making a positive change instead of you know yes so it is absolutely essential and appropriate to care about other organisms be they human or whale or anything like monarch butterflies and in doing Mm -hmm. your own unique dance what I would do is, you know, set your intention about how you care about this, whatever is a particular situation, and that you would like to improve it. And that you don't necessarily have to say it with English language because the cosmos or the field of potentialities that exist in, you know, a higher dimensional space does not, you don't necessarily have to speak to it with the English language, but you speak to it with your heart and with your intention. And then I would encourage you to put those positive intentions into your dance for a rectification of the things that are harming the whales, that the whales are able to, you know, move in their best positive timelines, and then do your dance and know that you have layered one more layer of positivity to the world. And you can dance intentionally for another person. Like if you know that someone is um, struggling or ailing, you can say, wow, I know that this person needs help. You don't even have to know exactly what help they need. You can put the positive intention into your dance and, oh, yeah, that guy needs some help or that guy's struggling over there. And then release it, do your dance, go into a non-ego state, and know that you have sent out a positive waveform. Like just like, you know, whatever, if you are sitting in a pool of water and you, you, you kick, you wiggle your toes, you kick with your feet, you're sending out waveforms across that whole pool of water and it reaches the other side, it reaches the other swimmers out there. So when you do this dance, you are wiggling your consciousness or, you know, waveforming your consciousness in a big, giant, not pool of water, but a sea of possibilities and probabilities. And our minds are connected and our hearts absolutely have an intention connection. When you intend positivity or goodness for others and send out those waveforms, it really does reach them. And also the cosmos is alive, or you can think of the fabric of time, space, and consciousness as being an alive being. We don't swim around or live in like a dead thing, even though I know a lot of people think like that you're in a computer simulation like there's a lot of matrix stuff and a lot of that is the technological overlay. Please try to return to the belief and knowledge that we live within an alive time field, that time is alive itself, and that if you have a, an intention and you want to communicate it to the time field, you can do so. It's like an alive being that it can listen and be supportive and is absolutely a loving presence. We are a part of it, just like we are tiny little sparks that are a part of the giant stellar, you know, light body that's up there. We are also time creatures that are 
part of this giant time mosaic and our trajectory and what we experience in time, we're like red blood cells that are in this larger being. When we're going in the right direction in time, the larger being is healthy. When we are stuck up and clotted up, the larger being gets a disease. So when you are having positive intentions for the whales to flow in their timeline in a better direction, that helps the entire alive time being. And, you know, I don't even have to speak in negative terms. Like, of course, it's, it works both ways, but I'm always encouraging everyone and this is moving into levels of greater levels of responsibility. And it's also empowerment. Like, I know many, many good people who see an unfair situation. Could be a, like a, a, a factory is polluting or someone is poor and they need money or something like that. feels a great injustice. It's like, what can I do? I am just a person. You're not just a person. You are an alive part of the time field and the way that you use your mind absolutely affects reality. I think it's too much of a burden to put it on your own all the shoulders of you, the I create reality, that's a lot, that's a lot. But how about to say, I'm a contributor towards reality, and I can make a contribution of positive waveforms that can affect others in a, in a good way. And also, you know that others can do that for you. This is part of the beautiful interconnectedness. This is part of moving into greater levels of responsibility and empowerment. This is the quantum leap into a, a higher dimensional level where you get to do more stuff. Wow, I will. I I I I heard you. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, Good. So my responsibility is to shine my light and and trust. Yes, I would even say that whatever feelings in your heart you have, like if you have a personal feeling of of the whales needing help, it's there for a reason. That this is yeah. part of the larger thing that comes through each person as an individual. So it, like there's like a ray of light that comes through each one of us, like a, an individual, you know, crystal or, or you know, um, d- d- diffraction of it. It, it. Each person has personal projects or things that you're most connected to. That's for a reason. And whatever, one person told me that they were really concerned about this Alcoa aluminum factory. And I'm like, I didn't know anything about it. It was in an area of the world I knew nothing about. Like, I, I, could, I couldn't have care about that. I didn't know about it. I really trust that each individual has the information or the knowledge that they need to be able to, let's say, perform their mission or do their cosmic job. And doing your cosmic job means caring about the things you really care about. And then, like you said, shining your light on it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Well, this is beautiful to create the positive things. I know we all know what we can each do to create that. If not, that's an inward journey, a higher self-connection, to listen to the call of the heart and create those positive things or bring them forward. And then the other element that you added was to shine our light on them. Always shine our light on them. Beautiful. Thank you, Aurora. Let's see. We have one more question here. This is interesting. And uh, Colleen, this is from Colleen. And Colleen, there might be a typo here. Um, I'm going to try to do this best. She says something moved from a positive to a negative or a negative to a positive. I don't know which one this is, but we get the point, Colleen. She says, I just found out that my blood type has changed from O positive to a positive. Maybe that's O positive to A positive. There's no uh-huh. medical reason for this. Would you know of a spiritual reason for this? I say that is very interesting and very unusual. <laughs> I've, I've not heard of that. 
um, you know, I only know very basically about the different blood types as O being the one that was considered like the, the primal one from when, you know, humans mostly ate meat and then A and B and AB developing later or in evolutionary terms when humans became more um, agricultural and had more access to, let's say, grains and dairy and other things like that. Really not sure what it would signify in terms of your own personal journey to make that transformation, but that is the evidence, like yeah. whatever, the objective materialist evidence of a real profound change in your DNA structure. So it, it might be, I, I don't even want to embroider this, but it might have been that you had the potential for both, but expressed one and then expressed one later on, or there could be some other profound energy shift that has happened in you. Um, I, I, I won't pretend to know any more than that. It's fascinating. All right, Colleen, thank you for sharing. Colleen, I know you've been on your ascension path for years, if not decades now. So, wow, good luck with that. Keep us informed if you find anything out. You know, one thing I want to mention here as we wrap up is um, a couple years ago, Jay-Z Knight, the channel of Ramtha, came and uh, actually shared information. She took a DNA test of before and during, before she would in just her normal beingness, Jay-Z, and also when she was channeling Ramtha, yes. the DNA when she was channeling changed. Yes. That's that makes amazing. Perfect makes mm -hmm. perfect sense to me. Let me tell you, DNA is an ever-evolving structure. And if you take a snapshot of it, it's like taking a, a picture of a ballerina in one moment of a very long dance. And that, or even any kind of dancer, the dance can change dramatically, or the poses can change dramatically from moment to moment. And that, you know, the idea of um, being one consciousness and having the DNA behave in one way, and then having a different level of consciousness or different consciousness altogether come in and have the DNA behave in a different way makes perfect sense to me. And that is how I describe my beingness and my difference from the human female that was here beforehand. Again, a good person, you know, very worthwhile and everything like that, but was dancing a particular genetic dance. And when I, as consciousness, am in this body, I dance the DNA of this body in a different way. And I'm happy to report that I've been able to, you know, have um, greater levels of health and longevity than I would have had if I hadn't done this dance. It's, it's why it was my motivation for doing it. Like, want to stay alive and healthy? Do this dance this way. So that, that's like a very good motivation. But it's also just an understanding of the malleability, the fluidity, the profound potential found in DNA. We as like, um, uh, you know, a scientific species or whatever have a lot to do in terms of investigating that because mostly the um, investigation of DNA has been done while it's in a dead form. Like either totally, the organism is totally dead or a snapshot, not DNA as it's actually in its natural environment in behavior. So in, in order to level up, you know, in terms of science and, and the objectivity of what's going on, it's necessary to even create that equipment for that level of observership. And then also um, some of the genetic experiments or, let's say, exploitations that humans have been doing are very, very destructive to the time field itself. I don't want to take too much time to talk about negativity, but humans need to understand that if they create genetic chimeras, like mixtures of different organisms or genetically modified foods, these are all like creating a music that is very atonal. It's a, not a good um, melody. 
it sounds like very not good in the overall structure, and that the more that you do that, the more it destabilizes the entire symphony, makes everybody start to feel bad. I'm speaking here now about like genetically modified corn and other grains that have not only changed our environment and they affected things like you know pollinator species, but that also they've affected the gut flora of everyone. They've affected the you know people who eat it a lot have changed their DNA from eating genetically modified organisms. All of that needs to be reassessed, and that's the type of thing where you can't just say, well, my neighbor over there is growing all this GMO corn, and everyone else is eating it, and blah, 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 but I'm just going to be over here and eat organic. At this point, it is necessary to understand that your neighbors are affecting you, the pollen is affecting you, their DNA and their health structure is affecting you. None of this is blame or shame, but it is the responsibility of interconnectedness. And the importance of dancing your DNA in a different way. Yes. Well, yes. we are all connected, and you can see it, and and we can actually advance it. So I've seen a world where we are all um, with healthy boundaries, but living authentically, and it's beautiful. And I just share that vision with everyone. I'm sure that everyone can sense it in their own way. And if not, let's see if we can imagine that world, a world with no judgment, let people be, but actually blaze hearts with love and light so that each being is aware of this on the level that we are as well. So everyone can be aware of the beautiful powers that we are. Aurora, thank you so much for this quantum conversation. It's always so interesting and fascinating with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love being here. I love talking with you. I love sharing my ideas. And, you know, uh, I'm always, like, over here vibrating my, my or, or sending out my positive frequencies. Um, I'm so happy to do it with my voice also and with my mind telepathically, you know, to the people that are here. So respectfully, I, I happily send out, I call it this lasagna food, positive, uplifting ideas that I'm hoping are helping people to, like, tune into that signal tune that, um, uh, towards, towards um, feelings of, hopefulness, the, the profound possibilities, a desire to stay alive. Oh, my goodness, let us all move towards self-construction and not feel that self-destruction or planetary destruction is necessary in order to move into, like, a, a more heavenly experience. Let's, let's stay alive. Absolutely. Thank you, Aurora, for this quantum conversation and for being here today. And for those who wish to be guided by Aurora in all of her lessons in multidimensionality, please check out her course, which is available in her special offer. And as we say goodbye today, you know we always like to dance our way to the cosmic heart. So this is our little fun for everyone to dance your DNA if you don't necessarily care for this particular song, because we're each different and unique, find something that dances your DNA. And thank you, everyone. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Namaste.
Quantum Conversation, and thank you for dancing with us to the Cosmic Heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all Quantum Conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.